Well, though, it's only a second episode, but we are all over the world. Where are you this morning? Uh, I'm on the Gold Coast uh, playing Masters basketball with the Mighty Hasbeens, the the inspiration for the name of our podcast. So uh, on the Gold Coast, we're currently 3-0 and uh, it's great catching up with old mates. I heard you had a close one. Did you only win by three last game? Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, we we did have a close one. We played against a, a bunch of younger guys, and um, we we had a football team. We had about twelve on our <laughs> sitting on our bench. So uh, it was the first time I think you were the only person that we were actually missing uh, from our roster. But we had we had everyone there, and it was it was awesome to see everyone once again, and uh, great to get around and see some of those those old faces that the NBL have known for many many a year. Uh, Sam McKinnon, Dave Anderson, Cam Rigby, uh, the list go. Andrew Parkinson, Darren Lucas uh, from My Mum, Your Dad, if you haven't seen it, uh, and so much more. God, I, I need to, another time. We need to talk about that watch party you had watching that with Lucas up in the Gold Coast. I'm in, I'm in New York City. We uh, we start our NBA tour, the first of many uh, tonight, actually. So I've got about an hour before we're due to meet downstairs. So. Uh, We'll knock this off. Now, we've been away. We were going to speak about it last week. Uh, Adelaide, we, we were going to speak about Randall and the issues he's having fitting in. He's gone. What have you heard? Well, I can tell you pre-season-wise, there was, a, there was a divide between him and the playing group, and there seemed to be a divide between him and head coach CJ Bruton. Um, now... I believe most of this stuff should stay behind closed doors when it comes to relationships with teammates, relationships with coach. Um, but to look at the glaring, obvious uh, elephant in the room, he he just had a disconnect with, with everyone. Um, there's no doubt that he's a very, very talented basketball player. There's no doubt that he is an NBA elite scoring level player um but the reason that he's not in the nba i can only assume is the attitude and uh it reared its ugly head in adelaide when you come off the court and you sit on the end of the bench and don't want to be a part of the group uh when you want to argue with people um that could you, your playing ability will only get you so far you have to be a team player in all this and he definitely wasn't one you know it's it's, it's interesting there was a lot of talk after they beat the Phoenix Suns and it's great for the NBL, it's great for the Adelaide 36ers, it's always great when something happens for the first time or you're the first to do it. So there's a lot of talk about an NBL team beating an NBA team and then there's a lot of talk about Craig Randall being an NBA quality player. But what people forgot to understand or forgot to consider was, A, the Suns had only been together for four days so they were going at half pace. But B, the scouts, the NBA scouts have seen Randall for years. He's not new to them. They know what he does and they know who he is. And he's not there for a reason. So I think, as you said, it's it's just come out now. So that's clearly the most obvious change that might be made in the NBL. Um, have you heard any replacement rumours? 
No, have you heard any reports? Yeah, right, I will tell you. You go with a story well, and then it. I'll go with the reaction. I've heard Jalen Adams, but I don't think he really makes sense with them already having Mitch McCarron. I think and maybe he does, but you wouldn't believe I, I was with my son. We are walking around New York today and we thought we'll just duck into the Nike store. We got into the ground level, thought we'll go up a few levels. By the time we got to level three, I happened to bump into Scott Machado. You wouldn't, and I said, mate, I, what are you doing here? I, you know, I, I thought you'd be somewhere playing. I haven't followed, but but he's just left Israel. Um, they hadn't paid him. He's sitting here in New York City, and he, and he looks at me and he says, I heard Adelaide just released their point guard. So I said, are you talking to him? He says, I will be. So I, I think there's a lot of imports, whether it's Jalen Adams, Scott Machado, who have played in the NBL, Sometimes it takes going away from it to, to understand how good they've got it here. Um, just maybe a little watch this space here. I'm not, I'm not sure Jalen Adams is the answer. Not, score, not sure Scott Machado well, is. I, 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 yeah. But, um, but, I've heard but that they're speaking. already signed in Israel. Sorry. Yeah, I've, I've heard that Jalen Adams is already Jalen Adams has already signed in Israel. I wonder if he's um, to re so re can... replace Machado, maybe. Yeah, well, possibly. And uh, as far as Machado goes, that doesn't make sense either. Right. You've bought in Mitch McCarron and you've paid him a lot of money to run the team. Now, Scott Machado is a facilitator as well. Uh, you can't have two guys that are just straight facilitators so, on the so, team. So let's just get this so straight out. For me, do, it does. Do either of them make sense anywhere in the league? I, I think the only one might be Perth. I, I, I get Bryce Cotton off the ball a little bit more, uh, take a little bit more pressure off Mitch Norton. He's not having a great year. I think Perth might be the only team that makes sense for one of those two players to go to in the NBL. It has championship uh, aspirations. Yeah. Uh, Perth would probably make the most sense to bring in a point guard. And like you said, I, I love Mitch Norton. I, I think he's a fantastic Australian point guard uh, and has been doing it at a very high level for a long period of time. But he also coexisted with Damian Martin. Right? To Perth. But he coexisted yeah. with Damian. Um, They're missing that extra guard. Yeah, um, but yeah, I look. Jalen Adams is not going to be in Australia this year, uh, and similar to Craig Randall, there's a re reason that Jalen Adams is not in the NBA is because he's constantly late to everything. And, and uh, if there's an eight o'clock meeting, you need to tell him. Yeah, yeah. if there's um, an eight o'clock meeting, you need to tell him it's at, at seven. Yes, I've heard that. Yes. Um, hey, through the FIBA window, though, there are going to be some changes. I can't see United not making a change through this. They've got to bring in a big, um, perhaps Brisbane make a move to to consolidate the, the three wins they've had in a row. Is there anyone else out there? New Zealand injuries? Anyone else need to make uh, a move right now? Well, I still think Perth should make a move on Brady Manning. Um, I'm, I'm not sold that he is... Uh, he's the answer for them going forward. Uh, they need someone who is consistent. And you look at 
they've been lucky in the previous five, six seasons. They've had Nick Kay, knockdown three-point shooter when left open, uh, crashes the rebounds, great player. John Mooney, knockdown shooter when wide open, crashed the rebounds, hard worker. You heard Four, it. Knockdown <laughs> shooter, crashed the rebounds. Brady Manick. Does not rebound. shooting well. Don't know what he provides. Don't know what he provides if he's not shooting well. Um, and so I think they need to move there. Devondrick Walker would probably uh, – he was always just going to be uh, a placeholder uh, for that spot until they found uh, something that they need. I think they need a four-man that right. is just solid. Just solid. That's that, That's what I'd be looking at at Brisbane. Uh, everyone else, look, uh, New Zealand, we'll just move on. But New Zealand, obviously, the injury to Ryan Repair uh, is a big one. Uh, suspected broken wrist to his shooting uh, hand. And uh, this is a potential lottery pick guy. I think preseason, he obviously had a great preseason. Uh, probably hasn't hit his strides, but I felt like he was just starting to get into the groove of the season a little bit and starting to find where he is best. Um, and for him to miss out now, that's, um, you know, it's, un- it's unlucky. Hopefully we see him again. I'm not sure that we will. They tend to put him on ice if they've got a guarantee in the first round, as, as we've seen traditionally. Now, while we're still on the NBL, um, a, a couple of questions for you. Your old team, the Taipans. You wanted to talk about them last week. Go. <laughs> yeah, are they not everyone's favourite second team right now? Uh, they are just so good to watch. Uh, and kudos to Adam Ford. Kudos to Mark Beecroft and the team that they've uh, assembled. Uh, they uh, looked at their weaknesses from last year and said it was shooting. Um, they added some great... Uh, shooters. Uh, DJ Hogue has just been fantastic. He's shooting 37% at nine attempts a game. Um, I I think someone, I don't know where I read it uh, on Twitter, but someone said, imagine DJ Hogue in a Brisbane team and what he'd provide to him. I think imagine him in an athlete. Melbourne United team. Yeah. Like, He's he's just been great, but the thing that I like is they're young, they're hungry, they <laughs> they play their asses off. They're just fun to watch, and quite opposite to New Zealand, where they're basing everything on defense. The Taipans is like, well, let's have a shootout and just see who comes out on top. And if you haven't enjoyed watching their game so far, you don't like basketball because they've just been so entertaining. Well, I saw them live against United, and at that stage, I still wasn't sold. And and the one guy that I wasn't sold on because he's been incredibly inconsistent and erratic. And you know when players make mistakes, but they're not fatal, they're okay, it's just him. But Keanu Pinder, traditionally, the mistakes he's made fatal mistakes they lead to five on four breaks their air balls their bad decisions uh live ball turnovers horrible shot selection traditionally he's been really really good this year he's been one of the best frontline players in the nbl 
And without him doing what he's done, I don't care how good DJ Hoag is, I don't care how good their backcourt is, they just don't get some of the wins they've had. So I want to carry this over into you touched on MVP candidates in the last week. I'll just finish with this with, a, with Keanu Pinder um, as a player. Adam Ford said it best that we have to get off the narrative of not what he has been previously, but what he's currently doing. Spot on. He is the best centre in the league right now. He is easily the best centre in the league. And uh, I like... I like the fact that he's he's he he'll only shoot a three if he's wide open. He doesn't force anything. I love that he's worked on his craft as a post player, like his little Hakeem shakes down. He there. gets to his spot, doesn't he? A <laughs> great, yeah. And I like that he plays with energy. So when you look at the Adelaide days and all that, everyone was like, "Oh, this guy's an idiot." He. <laughs> You know, how stupid is he yep. for doing that? Da 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 da. I really liked him in the Adelaide days. Did you? I might have been in the minority. I tried. Yeah. To, I tried to recruit him to come play NBL one with me. Right. Um, because I just all I saw was a dude that wanted to do the right thing. That could be molded into what. And full credit to Adam Ford for what he's turned him into, but. I loved his energy. I loved his effort. And I thought he got to the right spots majority of the time. Now you're seeing a smart decision maker of how he's making those plays compared to just wanting to do the right thing all the time. So so you said he's the best center in the league. Is he in contention for MVP of the league? And if he is or if he's not, who is? Because you said last right. week, made a comment last week and we chuckled. So, so tell me who's your... If they if they awarded right. the MVP today, who gets it? My top my top five. That's okay. what I'm going to go with. All right, uh, number five, XRM. Yep. Um, seventeen and a half points per game, seven and a half rebounds per game, just over four assists a game. Clearly, United's best player. I think he has moved himself from a straight scorer to an all rounder. And as we spoke on last week, he's gone from United's third import choice as a basically a fill-in to their best player. I think I like his role it. changes slightly with Shaili coming in, but right now he's the best, fifth best player in the league. Number four, Mitch Creek. Yep. Over 21 points a game, six rebounds, two and a bit assists. Um, leading this uh, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix team, I think he's been incredible. Continues, got a high work rate, uh, does a little bit of everything for his team. And playing number three, Keanu. Yeah, number three, Keanu Pinder. Seventeen points per game, ten rebounds per game, two and a half assists a game. Not to mention what he brings on the defensive end, as far as his presence, uh, shot blocking ability and shot changing ability. I think he's been the third best player in the league so far. Number two, Bryce Cotton. 21 and a half points per game, five rebounds, uh, four and a half assists. He has been the lone hand at the Wildcats. He's had to carry a humongous load uh, so far. Um, but what I'm finding is he's really, really, really good He's the MVP of the first halves. 
and then he's getting worn down. And if we continue to go down this route, I think the Wildcats season will have a similar trajectory as last season where they tailed out at the back end of the season. Number one, Xavier Cooks. 16 points a game, eight uh, over eight rebounds, over four assists a game. He is Mr. Fix-It. He is Mr. Do-It-All. Um, and he's been outstanding to start this season. Uh, he's, he's my MVP right he, now. He's fascinated me because you just, just you just described him perfectly. You know, and I think you're right. He probably does deserve to be in consideration for MVP right now. Maybe, or maybe I don't have him one, but I probably do. But then when you go and look at Sydney's roster, there's a really, really strong argument that Derek Walton Jr. is their best player. And without him, they're, they're done. He's legitimate. He's a really, really good point guard, and he does some of those intangible things, makes those passes that not many players see. He can score, he can facilitate. So you, you go through games where you've got potentially the most valuable player in the league playing in it, but he's the second best player on the court for long periods of time because Derek Walton Jr. is the guy that stands out, which is a credit to Xavier Cooks. And more to my point, it's why I think he's an absolute perfect fit for the Boomers because he doesn't need to be the number one guy. I, I played with Stephen Hall for a lot of years. Xavier Cooks, to me, is an more athletic Stephen Hall. He just does everything. He's in the right spots. He makes incredible choices. Like you said, he's a Mr. Fix-It-All. But he's not a go-to guy. I, I don't think he can give him the ball down the stretch and say, go and win a game. And I think the MVP has to be able to do that. I'd put Derek Walton but, into that conversation. Maybe he does. And that's why it's a really interesting conversation. Because I like I said, I think he does deserve to be the favorite. But it's a really interesting conversation as to who he is when he's at his best. And I think when he's at his best, he's that facilitating guy, glue guy, high percentage shots. He doesn't force anything. For him to take another step in his progression to be maybe the NBA guy that some think he is. He's almost got to be a little bit more unselfish at times and maybe against the weaker teams and go and try to have 41 game and don't be afraid to miss a couple of lower percentage shots to continually evolve his game. If he was to do that, I think he's a clear-cut MVP of the league. But as it is right now, it's a really interesting conversation. I think uh, if you look at the way that Sydney play and they structure their offense, a lot of it starts with Xavier Cooks. Like, he's the guy bringing the ball down the court. It's not actually Walton Jr. Uh, he, They almost play him in a Draymond Green style offensively. Uh, I agree. Draymond Green's not the MVP. Let's get down. No, no. But but we don't have a Steph Curry in our league. We, true. Oh, well, you could argue that Bryce Cotton, Bryce Cotton is the Steph Curry of our league, essentially. Um but what Xavier Cooks does better than anyone else, uh, only rivaled by, I think, Mitch Creek, is when he gets downhill, he's hard to stop in transition. He's just, he's so hard. What Mitch Creek does, he's constantly getting on the rim to score. What Xavier Cooks does is he either gets on the rim to score or he makes the right pass. And I, it's a huge, huge asset to have. Uh, to me, 
I, I hear what you're saying, but I still think Xavier Cooks is that guy for, for Sydney. So we're going to move on to the guys who are in the NBA. And I've had a, a few a bit of fun on social media with this list. We've got 10 Aussies in the NBA, and, and I've ranked them a couple of times, and I'm just going to rip through these just to get it on record and, and get it on the podcast, and you can always check my tour. I'm going to do it every couple of weeks, but for me, Josh Giddy's our best player in the NBA right now, and it's clear. I've still got Ben Simmons at number two. He's playing over 30 minutes a game. He's come back from injury. He's a guy that averaged seven, seven, and seven in the NBA coming back after 18 months off in 32 minutes a game and having that level of responsibility to me is still good enough for number two. Uh, Jock Landale's taken a big jump. He's over 10 points a game, uh, really, really perimeter-oriented, defining his mid-range game. If he can find a way to be a bigger defensive presence as he gets more and more comfortable, I think he can go again. Josh Green. Now, I was chatting to Dirk Nowitzki preseason, and Josh had spent some time here in Melbourne, of course, and Sydney in the offseason, and I, I saw him really briefly, so I asked after him. And Dirk Nowitzki said that Josh Green had been their most valuable player through the preseason. And I think we're only now just starting to get a glimpse of the impact that Josh Green can have alongside Luca. He's in, and the, the feedback was he's, in, he's just worked like crazy on his three-point shot because that was what nailed him to the bench last playoff series. And, you know, he made both of his, th- both of his threes as I was watching a game last night. He's shooting the three well, and it's not a weakness anymore. It's much improved. So I've got him at number four. Paddy Mills at number five, I'd, I'd expected him to be higher and he may fall a little bit more with Seth Curry back and Joe Harris finding form. But the, the only way the Nets are utilising Paddy at the moment is to, to advance the ball and to shoot the three. You know, less than an assist a game. He, he's not rebounding. He's just a, a, a bit piece score in the way they're using it. It's not that long ago we saw Olympic Paddy. I'd, I'd love to see Olympic Paddy come back and then remember that. Um, Dyson Daniels, I think, has done really well with the opportunities. He's going to get more and more as they go. Matisse Thibel seems like he's found his way back into the rotation and they've remembered that he can play defense. And um, a little bit like Josh Green was last year, I think Doc Rivers wanted to see what he could get without Matisse in the regular season because he might not be able to depend on him in the pre in the postseason. But uh, I think they've realized how valuable he is. So that was number seven. Matthew Delavadova is actually earning some minutes. I didn't think he would, but some genuine minutes he's impacted. And he's always going to be valuable in the locker room. Uh, Jack White's back in the G League and had a monster game, and he'll find his way back onto that Denver roster. And, of course, Joe Ingles at number 10 because he's still injured and not back until Christmas. How'd I go? Any glaring uh, disagreements in that? No, I think you've uh, hit the nail on the head with what you're doing. Um all all this list does is excite me for what's ahead for the boomers. It sure <laughs> is. Honestly, you you look if you get Josh and Ben on the court for the boomers, you know, there's two really unselfish guys, Dyson Daniels. It felt like Australia's done a whole flip. We we had a uh an embarrassing riches of bigs. Uh, previously, and now we have an embarrassing riches of guards. 
Now, with the, this upcoming boom, it's going to be really tough. You now, think, now having said that, I, I, think I, I had a meeting. Here we go. I had a meeting just today over lunch with an NBA agent, and we talked about a lot of things. But the really the, the thing that really pricked my ears up, he said, look, in this year's upcoming draft, there's a lot of people over here that have Tyrese Proctor, who's gone to Duke for the first year in college as a top five draft pick coming up. Wow. So on top of Josh and Dyson, we're potentially got an, well, potentially another lottery pick maybe really high up in the draft. In a draft, the top two are incredibly strong, of course, but like you're saying, embarrassment of riches. Now, speaking of that, um, Alex Tui, we mentioned last week, he's just committed to Gonzaga, so we won't see him as an next star. We won't see him in the NBL. Um, your thoughts on him going to Gonzaga? First off, congratulations to him. That is a big time program, part of the West uh, West Coast Conference, and um, Gonzaga's been a a top tier program for the better part of a decade now. Uh, that have produced NBA players and, and been in contention for a national, their elusive national championship for a long period of time. Um, he will have a fantastic time there. That, that is a fantastic fan base that they've got there. They get up and about in Spokane. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really excited for him. That, that is a, another great Australian talent going to a top-tier college program. So good good on him. Uh, interestingly enough, um, and I read this a tweet from Olgan that obviously, and you said it last week, that there was significant um, – interest in him from a few NBL teams, but he's the third straight elite Australian out of the NBA Academy to turn down the league. Dyson Daniels and Proctor being the other two, him being the third. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, the NBL. But, uh, but, but this is the thing, though. I think the young American kids, LaMelo Ball, uh, RJ Hampton, they come here because it's a life experience. I think it's a, it works in reverse as well. I think Josh and Dyson go over to the United States for a life to grow up, to get away out of their comfort zone. So I don't think it's a slide on the league. I think it's a growth thing for the young men who are wanting to make it to the NBA to have a life experience before they do that. So I think the biggest threat for the NBL's next stars program is going to come in 2024, 25, when the NBL allows high school kids to go straight to the league. So I think that will signal the end of the next stars program because the kids will go straight to the league like they used to be able to. But in the meantime, let, let's hope we get a couple of a uh, couple more really talented young good kids to, to come across and let's let's get our eyes on them before they go pro. Absolutely. No, yeah, I mean Australian basketball is just in a fantastic position right now, and uh, this is just another great signing uh, from a college program that. Uh, you know, showing, seeing that Australia has some really, really great talent coming through the pipeline. It's an exciting time. Uh, it's why I'm over here in the United States. You know, I, I, I sent out this tweet or a Facebook post actually during lockdown and I said, look, I want to do this. I want to take a group of people to the United States and pretty much open up the relationships or some of the relationships I've got over here, share them with some basketball fans and it was funny. I thought, geez, if 10 or 20 people come back to me and they're prepared to, I mean, it's not cheap. It's still an overseas trip. And they want to 
come across and do it, that'd be great. It's something I want to do. And I reckon I had 250 applications. And so we've got a group of 36 here and they've been wandering into the hotel today. You should see how excited they are to see an NBA game. We get to see Josh Giddy play twice. Uh, we get to see Patty Mills and Ben Simmons play tomorrow night. Anywhere you go, you, there's Aussies. We get to see Jack White on the, on the next trip. It's, it's just such a good time for Australian basketball. And it's a reason that I can do things like this. And it's actually the reason that I'm missing my very first ever has been tournament. As much as I've been in the States, I'm, I've got a little bit of FOMO going on with not being in the Gold Coast. Uh, I, I was going to say it's fantastic that you get to be around elite um, basketball. Um, I get to be around blokes that are exaggerating stories of how good they were back in the day while drinking beer um, <laughs> and reminiscing on things that we used to be able to do that our bodies no longer allows us to. So, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's I must admit it has been a, a lot of fun. And as you know, these trips are, are just fantastic just to reconnect with old mates and, and uh, you know, get to have a, have a drink and just, Tell stories. Which Speak, speaking of which, we agreed last week, and we might even tip it off next week. We we decided to have a, to run a bit of a segment. We'll eventually name these segments. We have got a few ideas, and we'll see how they shake out. But uh, we're going to do one where we just say, "Let's go through your phone," and we're going to pick out an old photo. I'm going to go through your phone, and I'm going to pick out a photo, and we're going to talk talk about a story and talk about that photo. And there's a there's a photo of us on a boat in Croatia that jumps to mind straight away that we might have to tell, but um, <laughs> we might do that from time to time as well. But for now, Wurdo, I've got a tour to run. That I'm due downstairs in 30 minutes. You've got a game to play today. We'll chat to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. See you, Wurdo.